And welcome to episode 110 of the Varangian Heresy podcast. I am your hostess with mostess, Jody, as always, bringing you, well, I would say uh, smart, topical, and um, on the point content, but you've listened to this podcast for at least 109 episodes by now, so you know that's not the case. Um, tonight, we are taking our second part of our discussion about consoles. Uh, after last week's episode, we had some fantastic, or yeah, last week, whenever we recorded it, after the last episode, we had lots of positive feedback. We also had some feedback where um, we were called utter morons for not knowing them. Well, shit happens. I'm sorry, people. We can't play everything all of the time. But that's that's life, man. That's heresy. So let me first start by introducing everybody, as I always do. Uh, on the left of my of where i'm sitting tonight in our virtual studio is the one and the only pele how you doing buddy i'm doing great thank you it's so great to be back from vacation and yeah i was gonna say uh, you went on vacation you went somewhere sunny how absolutely dare you flash cunt shame on me shame on me <laughs> yeah shame <laughs> on you did you have a good time dude it was real awesome real awesome swimming and bathing for like two and a half weeks Nice. And now you're back ready to, to heresy it up again, yeah? Yes. Reloaded for heresy. Nice. So, so you left the kids at home? Sorry? <laughs> you left the kids at home? Yes. <laughs> I locked them in in the basement and I left. All right, cool. So quality, quality parenting from the Freddy Book of How to Do Things. Yes. On my right uh, is uh, the one and only, the mouth from not so far south. It is Mr. Christopher. How are you doing, buddy? I'm fine. It's sort of a missed opportunity. We're not calling this the console wars. It is, but that's very meta. I like it, but it also is a bit, a bit too much. PS2 forever. I, I'm fine. Uh, I'm actually, for some uh, godsaken reason, I was chasing around my room all around while looking for my javelin drivers, and now I'm painting some more Skaven. Cool. That saves me asking you a question in about oh three minutes. Brilliant. I like it. Oh, don't worry. I'll dither and dather and waste those minutes later on. Of course you will. As a matter of um, fact, did you know about the Mega Drive? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and on his right, which is the right of my right, is the, the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend. He sits atop his beers and pretzel cans on the throne of 30k. It is the one, the only, Mr. Freddy. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, mate. How are you? I am doing all right, my friend. I'm doing all right. God damn, is it hot these days at the moment. It's driving me insane. It's not that hot. Hot for Sweden. Well, it's hot for Sweden. <laughs> it's warm for me. <laughs> I, I'm Mr. Hotness, so I, I don't complain. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to argue. We're going to get sued. <laughs> we can stretch the truth, Freddy. We can't break it. <laughs> yeah, we can. We can do whatever we want. Because we have amazing editors who keep us in check. Um, and tonight, for the introduction, we have a very special guest. Uh, he comes all the way from the Death and Betrayal podcast. He is a bastion of heresy in his homeland, and we're really glad to have him because he's here to talk about something very, very cool. It is the one and the only Alex. How you doing, bud? Hey, man, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Anytime, my dude, anytime. We love having people on just to um, break up the monotony of the fuck bullshit that is this podcast. So, yeah. 
Um, and as I said, we're going to be talking about consoles, but we're going to be doing that a little bit later. Um, let's let me get a couple of things out of the way first. I mean, you're listening to us. We love you. We're very happy that you're listening to us. If you listen to us on SoundCloud, thank you very much. You can listen to us on Spotify if that helps you any any more with ease or whatever that might be. Uh, we've got our Facebook page, our Facebook group, where we share lots of polls and posts and stuff, especially, uh, if I'm right about this, Chris, with our raffle prizes coming up, we're looking for some help to choose which um, which legions are going against which, am I right? Entirely correct. We are currently looking for legendary rivalries. Uh, right now, the word bears and ultramarines are in the lead. And we did get a suggestion to add a sixth alternative, which would be, I think, late heresy world eaters versus white scars. So basically, we're going to take one of the new Age of Darkness boxes uh-huh. and we're going to adapt it to a legendary rivalry. Very nice. Go in, vote, make your vote heard. Yes. The only vote worth ignoring is the one not cast. Yes, or anything that involves Imperial Fists, but that involves Iron Warriors. So, But that's just personal bias, I'm just saying. Uh, we also have Instagram, we have email, but one thing we do have is our Discord server, and we're having lots of fun over there. Every Thursday, or in this case, because we're recording on a Thursday for Once in a Blue Moon, every this Friday, we have live Discord sessions with uh, myself and anybody else who can jump in. And occasionally we just do them randomly. So yeah. We're having lots of fun chatting about everything under the sun over there. So please come and join us for that as well. Also, just so you know, on occasion, we have spontaneous Discord calls like we had last week. I think we had like two or three in a week. Yeah, we had three in a week, literally. Uh, It was a lot of fun. We talked about a lot of of things. And big shout out to Linus, who's basically making my entire Space Wolves army happen um, for reasons. Uh, Mostly because he wants me to get off my house and paint something. So I I can't argue with that. (laughs) Um, because if I did, I'd be... friends helping which should be yes, with mild threats of get it done or else. Um, but that's motivation for you. I'm going to show up at your house, Yodi, and I better see one fucking painted army or only one person is leaving. Pretty much, yeah. And I'm not going to argue with Linus because he's big and scary. Um, Freddie, are you working on anything tonight while we're recording, bud? I sure am. <laughs> I'm working on my night lords. Ooh, which what are you working on? Anything specific or just batch painting everything up at the moment? And base coast the the, the fucking uh, praetor for our challenge thingy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've also primed and uh, base coasted and built uh, spoilers on uh, my console for our other challenge. <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about that later, but sneaky. I like it. Our plan was Pelle, but he stole that console, so... Luckily, everybody's a plan B. <laughs> everybody's a plan B. Pele, what are you working on, my bud? What am I working on? I'm working on Nightlords as well, actually. Ooh. Yeah. I'm working on my two uh, tactical squads. Tasty. Because I need them to be... Uh, so I can play a Terror Assault and, and the other right that is not uh, Pride of the Legion. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost done with those. I uh, gave them an oil wash about an hour ago, and it's time for some weathering and bases and stuff. And I'm also working on the most boring thing in her- heresy, that is a drop pod. <laughs> but uh, my Leviathan needs one. So just paint, 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 paint. I mean, it is prep time for Scandus, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is? No, it's like it two months away. Yes. Exactly. I can wait. 
you can do it the last week like everybody else. And I'm also building some um, tactical blood angels. Actually. Ooh, fancy. Very nice. Chris, what are you working on, my dude? Still Skaven, but after that, I'm going to get working on my drill. Uh, I recently acquired a large amount of uh, Empress children who have been beautifully kitbashed by the uninimitable gens. So I'm going to repaint those and I'm going to throw some destroyers in a drill. I'm also going to finish up a chaplain I haven't even started on. I think I have the old, if you guys remember, like Enkomi, Emus Enkomi of the Minotaur chapter, the old yeah. Forceful model. I've got one of those. So I'm going to use the head Ooh. and the body and then I'm going to make uh, Empress children chaplain out of him. Fair. Put a jump back on him. Very, very nice. Why a chaplain? Stay tuned for next segment. <laughs> nice. I like it. Keep, keep, them, keep them waiting. Keep them guessing. I like it. Um, I, w- I don't want to throw you under the bus here, Alex, but um, I'm guessing you're not working on anything right now. But what have you been working on? Anything recently? Uh, yeah, uh, I've been working on my Blood Angels um, for uh, a tale of heresy gamers um, that uh, Little Legend's doing and, uh, and for the beta garmin pit that we'll talk about later um but uh last night i was well i finished my my praetor conversion a couple days ago put him in terminator armor and i've got kind of an artificer armor version planned which was almost done but i dropped it and broke it so i needed something quick (laughs) Um, so i managed to uh put a a pretty he actually matches quite well so you can you can really well once they're both done you'll be able to tell that it's the same guy in two different armor sets um cool and uh i'm making a bodyguard to tag along with him so um, i'm kit bashing uh, actually some emperor's children legs that i have left over phoenix terminators and i've mixed that with the uh 40k blood angel uh assault terminator kit so i'm using the chest from the indominus plate and i'm dremeling the heads out and then uh, p- replacing those with um, some of the forge world blood angel heads and then uh, I was going to put cataphractii arms on them and just make it super fucking confusing for anyone who has to look at the unit. Um, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why would you do this to spite you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, they look uh, just a touch too top-heavy, I think. So I'm going to swap um, swap the arms around for uh, a mixture of um evan Keshig arms and uh phoenix terminator arms and then just um some of the uh the blinged plastic tartarus shoulder pads that's how us for legion players prefer enemies top heavy rear ready (laughs) you're not wrong that's probably what they've got inscribed on the inside of their armor what's jody working on jody is um the last thing I was working on, because currently I'm working on wrangling you guys while doing this, um, while recording. <laughs> but um, what I have been working on recently, and you've actually posted a load of pictures up on Instagram and our Facebook page, I think, is uh, I've been doing a lot of sculpting work on my Space Wolves, on the Contemptors, and on Praetor, and on a Speaker of the Dead, which we talked over last episode, and I am now convinced is probably the ultimate console but um yeah we'll see we'll see if, if anybody can change my mind with what we talk about later on um but i'm pretty 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 stuck with him so did you did you see the did you see the feedback we got from somebody said that jody did a better job than someone for world uh molders 
<laughs> I did not see that. I genuinely appreciate that. Uh, thank you for boosting my ego to a realistic level. You're leaving the banana fur. You fucking yeah. heretic. Yeah, I decided. No, I'm not doing banana uh, fur. It's an established lore part, Jody. You gotta get banana fur in there. Um, oh, there will the be. I'll put banana fur somewhere. I mean, I might actually sculpt actual bananas in the fur. It might make it a bit more, you know, a little bit of a, you know, secret Easter egg. But um, no, no I, I just the Diddy Kong. Yeah. <laughs> yes, or or more of a case, it'll just be a rhino with some bananas around it, so that anybody trying. <laughs> It, it's they slip away and can't make their charge something like that i don't know we'll, we'll make something work but uh um, <laughs> but uh no i really appreciate it i had that feedback uh that's awesome but yeah that's what i've been working on and i've been doing i'll be honest i've been doing a lot of list hammering with linus trying to get a decent 3k list together that i may be able to paint in time for scandus so um yeah We'll see. <laughs> it's not like I don't have the time to paint it, but I just have to be able to paint it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll bring my mech for you. Otherwise, the prevalence of Mechanicum armies that are spontaneously being started up right now is rather amazing. Yes. Yes, I, I've, I've heard. Which, actually, I tell you what, let's... Um, no, we're not going to do that. We'll, we'll leave the news for afterwards because we have got a guest here. And this is, this is you know, very important because... So this is our first non-Henry guest, because Henry is part of the team and not a guest anymore, that we've had on since uh, since our sort of revamp and 100th episode and everything. So we're going to talk to Alex, and then we'll talk about new stuff, because we could all go on about all that sort of stuff very easily. Um, so Alex, my dude, you are here to talk about something that you have spent a lot of time putting together and now putting out into the world. Do you want to tell us about your campaign? Yeah, um, thanks, Judy. I, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so uh, first of all, hello, pressure being the <laughs> first like, <laughs> real guest. Um, and uh, I, I've I've launched the push for Beta Garmin. It's a global campaign. Um, it, uh, we're running it largely through Facebook and with the use of uh, Google Forms. And uh, it's actually today we hit our 100th participant. So that's uh, nice. that's huge that's awesome yeah well um, done dude that's freaking awesome yeah it's a it's taken off a lot more than than i i thought it would but it's it's exciting um and uh you know the timing just seemed right it was something that i had toyed with uh, kind of for years but never really knew how i wanted to do it or how i was going to make it up or you know would i kind of follow andrew hollis's lead and do it you know make my own sort of segmentum out in the galaxy and have everyone fight there. Uh, and then last year, uh, well, I guess this year, technically, I, I ran um, the Return to Istvan event at uh, Adepticon in the evening. And uh, I got a real sort of taste and hankering for um, what we're now calling like the historical evening series um, at Ooh. Adepticon. Uh, and so we were talking a little bit about, well, what should we do next year? And I wanted to do something that, um, could include a lot more legions and, uh, because any, you know, even with Istvan, any of the human or other components could kind of be there maybe with the exception of the talons of the emperor. And, uh, and so I really thought like, well, what is a major engagement, like a major historical point within the heresy and one that we know just about every force had some form of a presence on and and the the only one that i could really think of other than terra 
um, which is kind of like, you know, skipping to the end of the book. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> yeah, is uh, Beta Garmin. Because um, we know from the short stories, there was huge contingents of salamanders present. Um, we know that watch packs and small contingents of the wolves were out and about and out in the world. So they would have got the call to muster Beta Garmin as well. Um, some of them that got lost in the warp were pushed out and couldn't go to Yarrant. Uh, we knew that um, the human components of the Raven Guard had been sent there, so it's not out of the realm of space to believe that there would be Raven Guard there as well. Um, some of them sent, of course, to escort and make sure that the humans would make it there. Uh, the Imperial Fist, Blood Angels, White Scars, we know were there. Um, and you know, and then you can kind of use the the realm of confusion and conclusion to say that you know there probably is some ultramarines that would have got there on time we know that the warp is fickle and it'll sometimes drop you out in the past or the future uh from when you left so there you know you could have ultramarines that left calth sorry left ultramar um about the same time as the dark angels and somehow got there early so it really opens it up that we can have a much more inclusive historical event uh and then with the new box set coming out and being announced um uh, Craig and I really wanted to create new armies, and and we we actually we got really inspired by the Iterators podcast um, and their episodes around like creating a character based in history, like real mm-hmm. human history, not future fake history. <laughs> and uh, and so we were like, cool, well, let's do that, and we'll do this like cool thing for our new box sets and our new armies, and you know, our our Praetors have this intertwined history and and they're both pulled from people from history, like his is um pulled from uh this uh this fencer named uh, Joseph. I, I can't remember the rest of his name, but he's a prolific fencer in the um early eighteen hundreds in France. And uh I I drew my inspiration from the Swiss Guard and uh the commander of the Swiss Guard at the Sack of Rome, which very much is kind of a historical allegory for the siege of Terra. Um, and uh, so mine is based on Caspar Royst. So my, mine is named Casperion. Nice. Yeah, to kind of fit in with the soul of whole first sphere feel of the, the Blood Angels and the fact that they give up their name for like a first sphere name. And uh, so then I, I got thinking to Beta Garmin and when we're going to get there, and I got thinking about the Praetor wrestling match that we had uh, kind of impromptu <laughs> at the end of uh, the night. And and we all had to kind of give like entrance announcements for who was there. And I was like, I'm not going to have anything for this new guy. And this new guy is kind of a made character. And so I thought, well, how could I give anyone who wants a stage to create the backstory and live the backstory of their Praetor instead of just writing it out on paper. So you can make up your background through the great crusade, but now you don't have to be like, yeah, he went to Prospero and he went to Istvan and he went here and here and, um, or to try to come up with something that kind of fits within that time frame. So now you can make it and play it. And that's the real focal point of the push for Beta Garmin. Uh, so each month is a new phase of the push for Beta Garmin. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's starting uh, along the time frame. And uh, so the first the first time frame, uh, I started from right after Istvan. And then uh, within each phase, we'll have critical events. And so the first critical event actually launched um, uh, this week. And that critical event is the Ashes of Istvan. So as we know, like for 90 days afterwards, after the the conclusion of the Dropsite Massacre, like Korax was running around trying not to get murdered. And uh, and some 
some elements like uh, Gareth Arendi, who was the captain of the Shadow Wardens for the Raven Guard. He was on Yestvan for like, I think it was something like almost three years, just surviving and trying to evade getting killed by traitors. And he had contingents of salamanders and, and iron hands with him that survived on, on the surface of the planet for that long. Uh, and so as these pop up, you kind of get like a bonus weekend. So for this weekend, like any games that are submitted through the Google form and they're submitted within the space of the ashes of Istvan, the theater I'm calling it, uh, they're worth like extra points to determine who controls that area of the galaxy. Damn. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, you'll choose your army, you'll create your new Praetor and you'll be like, cool. Okay. This is my guy. And we're going to play. Um, and, and then you're like, okay, all right. Uh, well, I'll give you an example, actually, because mine is, um, I played one game with the Raven Guard, and I played it for the Ashes of Istvan. And uh, my Praetor actually is Gareth Arendi. Um, I've had him modeled for a few years and modeled him after that character. And uh, the person I was playing against, Orman, was playing his word bearers, and he had Erebus. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little more focused on... he had. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Erebus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, big <sighs> big shout out. MVP of the game was actually not Gareth Arenda. He failed in killing Erebus and like bitched and ran away. Um, and then I had a Vigilator with a Chernable Saber that uh, put Erebus in the dirt. Uh, you heard it here first. Vigilator in close combat is a new meta. Yeah, and that's after he sniped the chaplain out of that squad. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, all those years of bringing a Vigilator finally paid off. <laughs> and uh so you know so i go okay great i just played my game in the push for beta garmin uh i want to put it in i want to contribute what do i do well i go to the facebook group which is the push for beta garmin mm-hmm. uh, i've joined that and then i go to the pin post at the top um, which has the link to the google form and i go in and i start filling that out so i've clicked on it it comes up and it first thing it says is what was the date of the engagement so I put the date in, and I, I need that information so that way I can see if it contributed to any of these critical events. Mm-hmm. And then what is the name of the character's story I'm telling? Well, I put in Gareth Arendi, and then whom do I fight for? And there's a series of, uh, you know, you got three options, which is the Emperor, the War Master, or yourselves. So if you're Black Shields or Renegade, or maybe you've seceded from the Imperium and you're an, you know, a Solar Auxilia player. And you're like, man, that's crazy over there. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to do my own thing. And uh, and then what faction did you lead through the engagement? So, of course, you would choose from there. I would select the, the Raven Guard for this. And then uh, who was my opponent fight for? Well, he was fighting for the War Master. And he was playing with, um, or he was leading the Word Bearers. Great. Click that off. Now I know. And then this is where you can choose your engagement. So where did your engagement take place? So in phase one, because the Emperor's children uh, were kind of just out being like hedonists all over the place, they can go anywhere. So if you or your opponent are playing with the Emperor's children, you can select any of the theaters available. And that goes uh, likewise for the Thousand Suns, the Raven Guard, the Iron Hands, the Salamanders, Human Forces, Mechanicum, Black Shields. And then if you're playing um, Adeptus Titanicus, you can still... Uh, contribute to the campaign and play within that if you want. And so if you're an Imperial Knight House or a Legio Titanicus, then you can select any theater as well. I think that's a really thoughtful detail because even mm-hmm. like way back in book six, they mentioned how the Empress children put together like uh, ritualistic kill teams that went around just persecuting a war. 
the second yeah. one is me and Freddie, like everyone else with past guys, are majorly addicted to starting new projects. And if I remember correctly, you guys said in the podcast, you've got a hashtag for starting new projects for this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hashtag push for beta Garmin um, and, uh, and hashtag tale of heresy gamers. Nice. Yeah, yeah, so Tale, Tale of Heresy Gamers was started by Miles over at Little Legend, and he reached out to Craig and I and, and wanted us to contribute. So we also write kind of our our monthly progress article, kind of like the old White Dwarf one for his blog. Mm. Um, and then you can contribute and follow along with that with the hashtag uh, Tale of Heresy Gamers, and you can give us content to gush over um, specifically within this campaign, if you take pictures of your Praetor or your games or whatever and tag them with hashtag push for beta Garmin. Yeah, because I found that to be really inspirational. Uh, I'm using that one and hashtag new Legion who this. No, new Harry. Oh, right. Hudis. That was the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that one. You're right. Yeah. Um, Craig will kill me. <laughs> I hope he skips this episode. Don't, don't edit that out, editors. <laughs> yeah, leave that one in. You got it. Interesting in podcast drama. We needed in other podcasts as well. Yeah. Yes, you were just saying how Craig did basically nothing and you did everything, Alex. <laughs> uh, for Push for Beta Garmin has been my, this has been my love child. But the new heresy who dis was Craig's um, initial thought. And we started down that. And I keep forgetting to put that one. He's always on me about it. Um, but he he made the future fake history one. He made the future fake history uh, hashtag. Um and uh, and we've been using that one, and that one's actually uh, I think just over a thousand posts. So I keep using that one as well. Um, so I guess what you did here is old Harrison, you this. Yeah, exactly. You this um, Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and uh, well, I mean, like it, it, this this came out of the whole project that we were we were growing into together, which is new Harrison who dis, right? And. Um, so it's it's exciting and it's going to give us a background and really a reason for us to have our games right and so our first game um is actually well i i it's going to be in the theater of the flight from the cygnus cluster because i've got blood angels so i fit into the constraint of blood angels space wolves woodbearers or demons of the ruin storm and um based on our, our great crusade history that Craig and I have worked together to create for our two Praetors, uh, we're taking a little bit of inspiration from when Fulgrim tried to tempt uh, Ferris Manus over to the traitor side, and so his Praetor is going to attempt the same thing with mine. Oh, roll to seduce. Yeah, so our, our, it's it, it's going to be that, actually, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to work a system in with the... Um, I, I, I'm either going to use leadership or initiative, and it's basically going to be like every every turn we have to make an initiative check to see if the talk breaks down, <laughs> and then if the talk breaks down, then it's like whoever uh, it's going to be like whoever I think fails the initiative check first, then starts the attack, um, and just realizes that like the talk is not going to work anywhere, and so uh, we'll go from there. And we'll have kind of our Praetors with the Honor Guard in the middle, and then our other forces sort of deployed elsewhere, um, or maybe all in reserve. Wow. And uh, and then so it's like, okay, there, like... It's uh, Alex, Alex. Yeah. There is yeah. exactly one of those missions back in the Black Books. Yeah. Where you had that talk. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's in book five uh, or six. six. Yeah, it's a Shadow War mission. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, so we're going to use that one, um, and then... Uh, 
try to use that to sort of start the story, right? So I don't know where the story is going to go from there. Is Casperion going to like shit kick the crap out of like Joseph de Chevalier? Um, I I don't know. And uh, you know, and if he does, great. Where is it going to go from there? Is Joseph going to be so pissed that he just wants to hunt me down and make sure that you know he gets like he gets a, a little bit more vengeance out of it, um, or? Vice versa. Uh, is Casperion going to get hurt and wounded and get like a robot arm and then make it like a personal vendetta to put Joseph in the dirt? I've got, uh, a, I've got a question for you about this, dude, if you don't mm, mind. Yeah. Because I don't know about anybody else. I'm already invested. I want to see this in like season one, two, and maybe three. Hopefully there's a spinoff for at least one of these characters. Um <laughs> Are you gonna are you gonna sort of do any dramatization about this? Are you gonna do anything on you know audio wise on the podcast? How I mean, how do you cover this? Is is it all just the online stuff, or do you actually go into some of the detail on on the podcast? So we'll, we'll recount like our games on the podcast and and talk about. It. I don't have um, unfortunately I don't have like a space where I can set a table up to record anymore. Um, I kind of have to huh. like take my table up and 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 back down um and uh and craig doesn't have that space either uh because we thought about maybe finding some way that we can maybe even record them as like full bat reps and show them that would be cool yeah yeah which which would have been awesome uh and uh and i, I take i take a bit of that inspiration actually from the age of darkness because they used to do the episodes in the campaign um yes. that jp and mark were playing through mm-hmm. and so uh and, and craig had a really good idea called the five minute firefight um which uh which we'd li- we again we'd love to get going but we just don't have the the recording space for it so we may reach out to like a local shop and see if we can record there kind of after hours and in their private room but because uh, they've got a private gaming room that like they rent out for bachelor parties and stuff and uh if we can that would be ideal but um if if there's really a demand for it i'll make an extra concerted effort um but for right now i'm sold <laughs> <laughs> yeah for right now i'm i'm doing like um you know uh sort of very detailed write-ups and i do them um because there is here in you know after you've chosen your theater and who won um you know which is like either victory for the emperor victory for the war master victory for ourselves victory for themselves if your opponent won in their black shields or stalemate tie then i've got a long answer text section which is give us the after action report how has your warlord's story developed and so i filled that out uh in detail like just to make sure that you know it is reasonable and and can actually work um and then uh, I I used that to mm-hmm. uh, sorry I'm searching for the group here because I've got Facebook open. Um, I I then copy and pasted that into a post in the push for Beta Garmin, and uh, so I put a picture of my warlord trying to fight Erebus right before he lost that fight, and uh, I've got like a full write up from Gareth Arendi's point of view. Nice. Yeah, and uh, so it's it's a bit, and you know, and so I don't include things that Gareth wouldn't really see, um, because I had Katie's necks in my army as well, because I I love him and he's probably like my best model, um, and so Katie's necks had deployed uh, through his special deployment rule, which lets him come on like turn one from any table edge, uh, and I had him come from the other side of the table, and just start like chain gunning a Sikaran to death. Um, so Gareth wouldn't have seen that from where he deployed and where, which was literally on the other side of the six by four, like the other, the opposite corner. 
Um, and that fits because Katie's next, as we know from the Black Books, like after they escaped Istvan and regrouped, he just walked away from the rest of the main Raven Guard and was like, I'll do this one on my own and just went out like John Wicking traders all over Istvan until he like escaped on one of their ships. I love that image. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't include anything in my write up about that. I only included what would have been within Garrus' immediate vicinity, which was fighting the Galvor back, which he fought already on Istvan 5. So I tied, I tied a lingering fear from his experience on the Dropsite Massacre into why he failed the leadership check in the combat and ran. Nice. Um, and so he didn't die in the combat. He didn't get swept. The other unit did, but he got away. And uh, and then Erebus and his unit kind of turned and started making their way towards the, re the few recon marines and vigilator that were left. So I kind of had him look back because it's kind of like he was trying to help the vigilator who I named Corin. Um, and then Cor you know, he sees Corin kind of snipe the chaplain out while they're on the move up towards them and then sees him stab Erebus before he kind of gets piled on by all the Galvorback. And so uh, head over to the push for Beta Garmin, give that a read. Uh, that's how I would do it, but you can do as little or as much of a write-up as you want to kind of give you an idea and everyone else an idea of what's happening in your warlord. I, I like the terminology that you used, which is like season one and two and, and three. Like, you know, give us that episode of your warlord in the push for beta garment. Very right. cool. Now, before I ask, because uh, I've got a couple of final questions I want to get to. Mm -hmm. Does anybody else have any questions for Alex about this? Because my mind's kind of blown, not going to lie. <laughs> I have a couple of questions. Yeah. Number one, do you have like a cool campaign map where you can see like uh, who is controlling what and what's going on? Yeah, so that is going to be a little more manually done. Um, and we're going to see sort of like the galactic map and have bubbles of either um, red or blue fire uh, start or white. White will be... Um, I may choose a different color than white. Uh, I might do red and yellow and then use blue for... Um, third party like mm -hmm. secessionists and black shields uh and then red would be traitor and the gold fire would be loyalist and you'll start to see those fires bubble up from the first theaters of war in phase one and yep. then the next phases will sort of grow to those neighboring areas so you'll start to see the fires of war slowly engulf the galactic map um Ooh. unfortunately i don't i don't have the coding uh know-how and nor do i have someone uh, on retainer <laughs> who could make me like a really cool map that is like live action and uh, automatically assesses what's coming in from uh, from that. So that'll be more of like a monthly thing. And um, we'll take, I'll take kind of like uh, the sort of uh, probably be at random, like a couple of uh, examples of after action reports and put those in a post that people can see how their scores are affecting the control of the galaxy within the Horus Heresy. Cool. Very cool. Are, are you going to be like some sort of um, like fluff story competition as well? Like who had the best backstory or best like uh, campaign story or whatever? Yeah. So uh, if you post yours in the group, like if you post your write up in the group as well, uh, whichever one has the highest likes uh, for that month, we'll, we'll recap like on the podcast. Uh, but in addition to that, I'll give you 
like um, either a bonus to your initiative or a reroll or something like that. We're we're talking about maybe seeing if we can get ourselves uh, some kind of a prize to give away, and then the person who you know has the highest contribution to the campaign will get that prize. Uh, but I don't have that in hand yet. So that's um, a really cool way of doing things. I I really I applaud you for that because it's it's about contribution rather than just one off best thing. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And so, like, if you put the write-up and, and you put it in and it gets the most likes, like, you get a little something for in-game as, like, a, hey, thanks for helping um, mm -hmm. that you would obviously use in your next campaign game, uh, which it's generally easy because usually you'll be playing with someone else who wants to play in the push for beta Garmin. Mm -hmm. um, but let's say you're in a community where uh, there isn't a lot of narrative gaming happening yet and or you've got a lot of new people coming in and they're interested, but they don't really, you know, I guess, uh, know what narrative gaming looks like. And by narrative gaming, I mean something a little bit more like this with a framework where you're role-playing to a degree. You're almost treating the tabletop game a little bit like an RPG. Yep. And uh, that can be a way that I think really hooks people in. And it's something that I always tried to do. And so um, you can, if you go to an event, like let's say... Let's say there's an event in Calgary at the end of the month and you go down and nobody down there for whatever reason knows about the push for beta Garmin and they're just kind of playing like loyalists versus traders, but there's nothing else really going on with it. Um, or maybe it's just a tournament style, but you don't really care for that. So you, you can bring the push for beta Garmin with you mm -hmm. and you can still input the, you know, what happened in that game and you can tell the guy about it and tell him like, you know, tell the other player, what's going on and this is this is uh how it went and and maybe you know maybe she's like that sounds awesome and like yeah i really want to do that too how do i contribute like how do i make a cool backstory for my praetor because how many times have you been to an event or a game and the person's just like yeah i don't know here's like praetor 116 and he's got a paragon blade and a power fist <laughs> and just kind of like oh okay <laughs> and you're just like hey. Yes, I'll kill him. This is my Iron Warrior Praetor, and he has all the best gear, and he f fights because, you know, he fights. he's an Iron Warrior. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's on task for an Iron Warrior, let's be honest. Well, I mean, to be honest, it's a great way to get people into the community, not just, like, painting and showing up to events, but, like, engaging them and telling them about the narrative side of gaming. It's how you get people in and then stay in the community, because anyone can rock up to a game and just have a painted army or, like, a half-painted army and be like, yeah, I'm playing this to win. But if you get them in and just get them hooked on the narrative pill, that's how you make people super enthusiastic, engaged, apparently not very articulate heresy gamers. Just get them in and entice them with a deep, rich lore and like, what are you doing to participate in? Because I think Alex, really, you're onto something there. You can make it a bit more RPG because you can still, even though it's a galaxy-spanning worldwide conflict, you can still like stake out your guys. Like, what's your force doing? What's engagement for your guys? We all read a Black Rider book and found something that we really liked. It's our favorite now. How do we participate? What are our guys doing in the meanwhile? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Boot like, on the ground. Uh, yeah, like I, if anyone ever plays JP from the Age of Darkness, like he will tell you everything about Krios, <laughs> Oh yes. and it's all stuff that he. So I mean, you know, I pulled a little inspiration from him too when I was putting this together, because it's all stuff that he's done or you know accomplishments that Krios, Dracontides has made uh through games that you know he's played previously yeah i usually just ask jp about the agerian politics of his militia 
and like shoot <laughs> yeah. down his suggestions on how agriculture works. Yeah. And then I get proven wrong. And I, before, I got, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do this because before we jump, mm-hmm. we, can, we yeah. jump down. No, no, it's just because we could do this for hours. But before we jump down the, the JP level of um, depth on this, um, we're going to have to wrap it up. But before, what I want to do is just get two things in. Yeah. How do you have an end date on this? Are you planning to run it all year, or is it something you want to kind of try and keep going for as long as possible? Or, yeah, great question. So I mentioned earlier that I did the historical series, or now it's turning into the historical series um, in the evening mm-hmm. at Adepticon, and the next one is the fate of Beta Garmin. So Ooh. that's why this campaign is the push for Beta Garmin. This is everything that you're. Praetor, you, your character, your avatar on the tabletop is doing along the way until he gets to the fate of Beta Garmin at, at Adepticon 2023. So that Ooh. when you go up to the table and whether you're at the mega battle table or one of the surrounding supporting tables or the ZM table and you meet your opponent for the first time and you can go and you're going through your forces instead of saying, this was my Praetor, he's got whatever, you can be like, hey, this is Kitspirion, like, he's got the blade of whatever, um, you know, he's gotten to this point through X, Y, and Z, and he's hunting Joseph down, like, and you're in the way. I understand right. that good etiquette at Adepticon for Heresy is that if you lose a battle, you break off the weapon of your Praetor and give it to your opponent, right? I think that's only if you lose it in a duel. Um, And then I would probably add one more to that, which is you have to fail like an initiative check. And then the guy, and then your, then your opponent has to pass an initiative check and then you can take it. And then your opponent has to catch you while you run away with your model in hand before you can do that. (laughs) Yeah. You have to give them like a decent chance to show up in your country and win it back though. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to play a reclamation mission like Necromunda. And just for a quick (laughs) last question to, if somebody's listened to this, they want to get involved. Give them a quick step, because you've already done it, but we'll just wrap it up with this. Give them a quick step-by-step how to get involved. Yeah. So jump over to Facebook, search The Push for Beta Garmin. Um, the is included in there. And uh, you'll see it. It's a picture of, uh, I think that's his fan five, actually, that I put on there. No, actually, this is Talern that I have as the background. Um, and uh, click Request to Join. Um, and then once you're in, play a game with a consenting individual or not, and then <laughs> input what happened uh, through the Google form that's pinned to the top. And then once you've done that, you've contributed, and I would encourage you, look at that, right? As I said that, I get a, get a it's request. Just yeah, I know. I'm all twisted. I just proved it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then once you're in, you fill out the Google form, you give your after-action report, and then... I'd encourage you to post it in there and share around and get people excited. And then if you go to a new event and it's a new player, tell them about it because you can, to Chris's point, you can get them really excited and then they're in and they're in for life. They're not just going to meta chase or, you know, not paint their army. I promise you this. It's going to be in the show notes. It's going to be linked from the actual Facebook posts as well. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering where you can find it, you can search for the Facebook group. You can look it up, up Facebook page for the links in the post about this episode um, and in the show notes on SoundCloud and Spotify. So it's going to be there. It'll be linked on Instagram as well because um, we want to make sure we can push as many people towards this as possible because it sounds awesome. Yeah, I got to get in there and write some horrible fanfic. 
<laughs> yeah, that that that's a good point, Jody. Um, and actually, I forgot that I made it this simple. If you follow the DAB podcast on Instagram, there's a link tree, and if you follow the Death and Betrayal podcast on Facebook, there's a link tree link, and I added the push for Beta Garmin to the link tree link. Yeah, and if you aren't following them, like, what the hell are you doing? Get in there and follow them, man. It's a great podcast. There is that too. You must must go and do this. This is, this is as decreed, as said, make it happen. It is the way. This is the way. Thank you very much. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and give, giving everybody some details about it, Alex. And we're all hooked. At least I know I am. So, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's how I see it's going to go and it, it shall happen. But um, hang around because we'd love to get your input on this because we're going to take yeah. a jump from here over to our news desk. So we're going to spin our virtual chairs over to our virtual news desk. Exactly. We need a sound effect. And we have a sound effect because our editors are amazing and they love them. And they're not going to do anything weird to my voice this time. Love you, ladies. Um, don't don't but, blame them for what your voice sounds like. But, but <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so let's go on to... Because then I want to do that too. Yeah, well, okay, I'm not letting that happen. So on to new stuff. New stuff, stuff that's been released in the last two weeks since we've recorded. Should we should, should we get the 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 the, the big one? Oh, that's that big one's the wrong term, but um, upgrade kits. They're horrible. Oh my god, those wolves' heads! Help! <laughs> you know what bugs me the most with this? Tell us. They don't read their own lore. There are no wolves on Fenris, True. and space wolves hate that. Yeah. And be calling wolves. There are no wolf references. Them say themselves. There are no wolves there, and they make this. I don't know. Paw Patrol group things. You know, it's horrible. Pele's <laughs> losing his shit now. <laughs> he can't even formulate sentences. Yes, Pele played Space Wolves in like second edition, so the pain is still raw. Yeah, I'm an old Space Wolf fan. There are tons. Cool way to make space wolf helmet. Viking themes, chain mails, runes, bones, <laughs> stuff. But no, let's make a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I must apologize on behalf to the community. Uh, once back in fifth ed, the first time I saw this like gilded wolf head that came in the Grey Hunters kit, you know, the wolf head you're looking at right now, I think to myself, wow, those are really cool. I sure wish they got enough somewhere to make an entire unit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere, somehow, a monkey paw just closed, and now we're stuck with this. So I'm sorry, <laughs> Spaveful Plays and Horus Heresy. This is on me. And we're not going to disagree with that. Everything is on you, Chris. I want to be flying the wall on the production meeting there saying, <laughs> here it is. We're going to release it. Yeah, that went through a whole team of people. Yeah. <laughs> no, Alex, it went like this. Yo, dog, I heard you like wolves. We put some wolves on your wolves. And they're like, amazing. Do it, designer exhibit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, with, all, with, all, with all due, I mean, yes, with all due respect, it, I, I get why it exists. Because, I mean, there is precedent for this sort of stuff to exist. You know, but it's it exists in 40K. There are wolfy bits and it is a thing, but... It it, it 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 no, just no. We already have wolf skull helmets. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, raccoons, depending on how you. And that's so weird because those wolf skull helmets are really cool. Like on that unit they have, death sworn packs. That's an amazing. Do a wolf skull helmet. That is that's cool. That's like totemic. Works into the theme. This. Eh. 
Now, well, it is a bit more Transformers. Well, there is more than meets the eye. Yeah, so one of one of two things happen there. Either uh, someone with an absolute Power Ranger fetish is on the design team for this, or two, uh, it's been a long con and some absolute like Sinich Thousand Sons fanboy <laughs> played the long game and slowly got on the design team and made sure that he was positioned just high enough to be the lead designer for the Space Wolf kit. And then was finally able to exact his revenge. This is Mag- Magnus's long plan. I think it's perfect because the rules-wise, the space rules are really good. But now you can't play them without being reminded of this kit. Yeah, very true. I bribed the dude in England to do this as soon as I found out Joe is doing space wolves. So there you are. Um, get some thalax and then just replace the thalax heads with those heads, and then you have robot wolves. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm actually not against that, if I'm honest. That actually sounds kind of cool. Um, but not on the Marines. No, I mean, somebody said you could do a vet squad or a destroyer squad out of these. Okay, if you want to. Veterinarian. <laughs> yeah, vet, veterinarian. Yeah, yeah. Do your speaker of the dead. Yeah. Yeah, I destroy a squad that looked like this. Oh, destroyer squad. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're, you're right. Uh, yeah, good lord. Um, Let's move on to something less contentious. How about his world leaders, huh? Yeah, how about the yeah. world leaders upgrade set? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> I I like these ones. <laughs> you do? I do, yeah. I like them too. I like them too. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Freddy has like 15 million points of world leaders. What does yeah. he think? I like these ones, but they need to... The paint scheme... Uh, that they've done for him uh, isn't gritty enough. Like, you gritty that shit down, make it more uh, blanche and uh, sort of dark heresy. It would be awesome. Do you think... I saw somebody suggest that if you cut off, like, the ears, you've got a decent Mark V helmet. You probably have. That That is also true. Yeah. But those ears are okay. They look uh, well eaterish. But like Freddy said, you can grit it more. Um, but they're not. They're good. They're. It could be worse. It could be worse, definitely. Uh, it could be better, I guess. But uh, I like them. They look good. They look fluffy. This mm-hmm. this is like a general gripe for me because I just spent the better part of like a week of my life. It's been vacation, so I don't even have a freaking week. Uh, putting the pickle haub, you know, the old Death Guard helmet upgrade on a squad, and the head fits perfectly. But if they released a Death Guard upgrade head tomorrow or like next week for for these squads, like I don't think I'd want to mix them. The new ones have such a different aesthetic that it's hard for me to like include them. The Empress Children one, the new upgrade kit looks pretty good, but I'd still have difficulties putting it next to the old uh, upgrade kit. Uh, I don't think I'd mix squads like that. It's Feel free to argue against me. See, I mixed squads, and part of what helps that is that the Blood Angel like Forge World upgrade kit has mixed helmets styles in there. I, I think like for Peloton Blades, if you mix mix up a bunch of different helmets, like because I think for Empress Children, though, I agree and disagree. Like uh, I do like it. the Terrence ones for my Mark uh, Two uh, mm-hmm. are used all like they all look the same. Uh, then when they get a bit more the ones we usually when I play trader squads and stuff, I, I start to mix them up a bit more because suddenly everyone became fucking narcissists 
and only thought about themselves, so they gave zero fucks about looking uniform. They just wanted to have the biggest fucking bling, you know, like Soldier Bob here, he has bigger bling than you have, and then they gave zero fucks. So I think. Well, I guess fluff wise, that works for the Palatines as well, because they're more of a fraternity of duelists. Yeah. yeah, and if you look at the Palatine blades, they are a bit more mixed. Yeah. But that will work on every legion, because. Every legion had uh, to do field repairs and take spare parts and whatever they keep painting. So mixing uh, armor and uh, different uh, helmets isn't wrong, fluffwise. It's more of your personal aesthetic. Uh, I'm doing it a bit for like my iron hands right now because they're obviously going to be field repairs, and also they're they're like fluffwise. They're kind of mini. Uh, Four fighters, each of them, like because they're like tinkering with their gear and shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Um, fair points. Fair points. Oh, solid yeah, points. Iron, iron warrior, iron hands would be really good for that. Yeah. Don't apologize. It's the same. And we have we also have a bunch of stuff out for pre-order, which is pretty cool, uh, including big shooty leviathan options, um, other things as well. I I don't have a full list in front of me, but. I believe the Sikoran's out there, Spartan. Uh, Spartan, yep. Tempter, Sikoran. Pretty much everything from the release box is getting an individual release now. Yeah. Big squads of uh, 10-man Terminators. Yep. And the individual Praetors as well. So, oh, and what's, what I know Eric is going to be very happy about, the Mechanicum book. Yes. That's going to be a very big episode later on. Just off the top, uh, this is how we work, Alex. Gotcha journalism. Alex, do you think there are going to be plastic releases for the Mechanicum in the near future? I, I hope it's not the near future because back in like uh, February, I was at a store in Ottawa and they had a bunch of bags of like Forge World Thalax and Castellax and I bought a bunch of those. And I'd much <laughs> rather build those out of plastic. So, um, yeah. Yeah, the the phallics <laughs> are a particular nightmare because you either build them standing up, uh, or you give up on life. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. Not wrong. <laughs> and you're definitely they either not wrong. go together and they look okay, or you break them and then it's like you have you have a break and look out a window and reassess yeah. every decision you made in your life. And got you to this point, <laughs> honey. Why are you drinking in middle of the day, staring out into the jar to one dead tree, questioning everything in my life except for you, dear? everything <laughs> yeah there's reasons don't ask <laughs> i've got 12 phallax and i built each and every one of them uh so yeah oh. i can only agree yike yeah and i want big squads of them too because uh phallax are red i'll say this for all the shit you get for playing mechanicum and a lot of it is well deserved trust you me you deserve shit models. yeah yeah no it is well you're just angry because you have to learn new unit profiles fella no it's <laughs> Because it's not the profiles. They get 3,000 fucking special rules, every single one of them. <laughs> They're getting more special rules, too. We saw that from preview. Yeah, I never play sober, by the way. Anyway, so it's impossible to learn. Uh, no, I mean, shit on as you get. Uh, I really like playing the Mechanicum because it's such a different flavor. And I hope they retain that special flavor and enjoyment because it's, it's a real breath of fresh air when you go from playing like three different legions to just playing some mechanicum of course they are supposed to be very different to legions yeah they to, are yeah and that's the point that's that's actually good but mm-hmm. i never bothered to actually learn the rules <laughs> but uh, yeah you go from playing like the empire or like high elves in fantasy to just playing necromancer mode 
it's so satisfying. Wouldn't it be strange if they didn't release Plastic Mechanicum? I imagine, I imagine we're gonna get like a plastic mechanicum box set. That would be like the best way to make money. Yeah, oh, I hope so. Christmas time. And introduce new people. Mechanicum battle force. And and you know, you know what, Alex? You're gonna get like some odd number of phallics or castellac. It's gonna be like maybe five phallics or like two or four castellacs. So you have to get two. All right, I'll I'll mix my resin ones in. Uh, I've got like twelve or. 13 of uh not 13 sorry at uh, 12 or 15 of those guys i think nice and one last thing i've got to say that came out today of recording uh freddie and chris yep. but freddie yes what, what, what's your immediate thoughts on this new guy that's come out today uh praetor we love it love it i'll take five perfection it's, it's gorgeous yeah i really like that they copied uh my idea of Putting um, standard combi weapons on uh, on a on a Terminator Predator and giving him a strap so that he can still put it around his arm. Well, I mean, if anybody had a strap on, it would be Emperor Children Predator, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it would have to be, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is the level of collision you're in. For. You, you've you've <laughs> we've tried to show you shield you're from so far this evening, Alex. Oh, oh, um, I'm sorry. You wanted erudite, educated discussion. Go on the Age of Darkness podcast. <laughs> you want penis jokes, my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go off the rails. I'll get my fix on Sunday <laughs> when I help the Age of Darkness out. <laughs> I jump over there. <laughs> I, I like well, the design. Somebody pointed out that we spoke about it earlier before we were on air. The helmet looks a bit beetle-like, but to me, it it looks like late Byzantine self-contained shell defense, and I, I really like it. I like how if anybody should be like weirdly individualistic, it would be an Empress Children. That is true. That is very true. That does that does make a lot of sense. Because I remember like an old old side blurb about one of the reasons that the Black Templar and Fear of Fists have many so so many bare heads in their units is because they would rather have bare heads than do field repairs on the helmets so they looked asymmetrical. Wow. That used to be wow. like in one of the old uh, Space Marine codexes. Yeah, I'd rather have That's an asymmetrical it. head than an asymmetrical helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine some like <laughs> blood angel NCO crawling around in the dirt and just some imperial fist standing, you know, ramrod straight. Like, why are you debasing yourself? My God, look at you. Like, his head explodes. Yeah. Yeah. The logic on that is so ass backwards. Like, I'd rather do field repairs on my face than field repairs on my helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have bionics for my body. You will never mend your shame. Anyway. <laughs> there is a lot of cool stuff out. Uh, we have had a very long chat here about some very cool stuff. Um, and we're going to swing our virtual chairs back around to our main desk. And we're going to say thank you, Alex, for coming on this evening and having a chat about Beta Garmin, uh, the push of Beta Garmin. We're very much looking forward to digging into it. And um, yeah, we're going to jump into consoles very quickly. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to come back anytime. Yeah, we'd love to have you back, Alex. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, my dude, hundred percent. So we're going to talk consoles. We've already done part one, so you know what that was like. Uh, we are going to take you through the uh, overall rules for each one of these guys and give you our sort of overall feel for them and a sort of a ranking between one to ten. Why? Because rankings are arbitrary and because 
it's fun. Uh, do you do we do we care if you agree with this? No, it's your game, but let's have some fun. So first up um, of talking about all the uh, special special, I could use that as special with a capital special because it's the um, the uh, what do you call it? Dark Angels. Um, it is the Paladin of the Hecatonseeker. Wow. Say that again first. Yeah, that's a really good pronunciation, actually. It's very Hecka and it's very tongue. Yeah. I really don't want to pronounce that again. Hecatonseeker. Hecatonseeker. What Chris said. Hecatonseeker. <laughs> it's really good. You did a really good job there, Jody. Um, well, these guys are... Um, the Legion console upgrade for the Dark Angels. 30 points um, and can go on uh, what do we got? Uh, all the variations, so Centurion, Tartar Centurion, Cataphracty Centurion and, you know, they get access to the usual console upgrades but the, this guy is um, all about, I kind of want to say spooky stuff, but it's more lore and knowledge of battlefield tactics and and you know all the ancient weapons and cool stuff that basically um the dark angels as the first legion have had access to so special rules basically as a paladin of this group hecatonistica um <laughs> must be given one of the orders of i'm not going to do this every time one of the orders of the the knight options available to that group um yeah, the Inner Knights of uh, Cenobium. Wow, they really went in all balls deep with this, didn't they? Um, at no additional point costs, they increased their weapon skill to 6 and their leadership to 10. In addition, the Paladin gains the Stubborn special rule and the Adamantine will of 3+, which is very tasty when you think about it. But Stubborn, again, it's another force multiplier in the fact that whoever you stick this guy with... They're not going to be seeing modifiers on their leadership, um, which is huge. Um, he's also armed, or he must take, I should say, he must take a Tyrannic Greatsword for no additional points cost. And to be fair, Tyrannic Greatswords are nothing to sneeze at or argue with. So, I mean, this guy's a pretty solid addition to um, any Dark Angels force. I'm not going to pretend to know where exactly he fits in, because I don't know the Dark Angels well enough. But just looking at him from his rules, his buffs, what he can bring to a force, um, and what he's armed with, I'd say he's a solid 7 or 8. Probably with the right combinations, if I actually knew what to put him with, he'd probably come up as an 8. And that's honestly mainly for the stubborn and the leadership 10, uh, just from what we're seeing at the, uh, the current way the game is playing. So I think this dude's kind of cool. And there's some amazing models out there you can play with to make up a very cool looking paladin of the unpronounceable Hecatoni system um, order or whatever we're going with. Um, so, yeah, I really like this guy. I'm not going to lie. It's not my favorite, but I definitely like him. Um, Chris, who have you got first for us, bud? The Hectic. Hectic Ma Magnifica. Hectic Magnifica. Yes. Today, I am talking to you, bringing for you the future, the grandness of the Mortificator. Now, you're going to ask me quickly, what does a Mortificator do for you that somebody else can't do? Easy. Mortificator is looking at it two ways. He's either the tour guide at a museum guiding your elderly citizens in a way, but I look at him more as a cat herder. Like, he's herding all the angry veterans in your group that you put in the dreadnought towards the targets. 
if you remember that great scene from Betrayer when they just wake up all the dreadnoughts, like, hey, wake the fuck up. You need to fight Ultramarines. They're like, wait, we're fighting Marines? Why on earth are we fighting Marines? We are brothers. That's the mortificator. You could say that they're like a tech marine only responsible for dreadnoughts, and you wouldn't be wrong. So, like, what do you get? You get a bunch of special rules among them. Battlesmith, 6+, plus, so you can repair back hull points on them. Mm-hmm. You also get something called the Keeper of Dead, which basically means that you can take a Contempt of Dreadnought Talon, which comes as a single model, and that one now is a unit with a Mortificator. And they're basically one unit together, and they both have it will not die 5+, plus, which means that they can get back a hull point at the end of the turn. A Mortificator gets a Corpse and Stave, which is like a special power weapon, and a Servo Arm. You can take a bike of any sort or a jump pack, which I think is basically just utilitarian practicality, because otherwise you would have a Contemptor Dread and a dude on a bike or a jetpack. Uh, I mean, I guess the Blood Angels have a Contemptor that can take a jetpack, but it would quite be the same. I used to love these in 1.0, because I was sick of the units with box dreads. And take three of them. And uh, now you're limited to taking one Contemptor Dreadnought as opposed to an entire Talon. Uh, would I take it? I mean, we all know that Dreadnoughts are super useful right now. So if you want to spend like 50 or 60 extra points to make one of them a huge target priority getting in the middle of the enemy, then yeah, do it. It's, it's very middle of the road to me. I'd say 6 out of 10 and that's being generous. I'm kind of sad whenever they remove options like jump packs or bikes, but I definitely get why they did it here. Do you need a tech marine whose only duty is making sure that one of your contemptors doesn't get distracted and just runs towards what you want? Then you will definitely need the services of a mortificator. He pontificates, he mortifies, and he brings combat. Fair enough. (laughs) I mean, that works. Next up on the console shopping channel... (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Uh, Pele, that's you, bud. Yes, I got a rather cool guy here. Legion Esoterist. Okay, close enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's good. It'll work, man. It'll work. Uh, this is an interesting guy, actually. Uh, it's a psyker, and he's got a special uh, uh, discipline for his own called Anathema. Uh, mm-hmm. Come to that later. And he, if he is a trader, you can also take troop and lead choices from Runestorm. Demon army list. And these fuckers don't deploy, but you need to use one uh, uh, psychic power from the uh, Anathema to actually bring them into play. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a traitor, that is a loyalist, you can still take this guy, but you can't feel demons. And why do you ask? Because the Anathema discipline, besides for the fact that you use one power to deploy your demons. Got two really strong uh, psychic power to kill demon. Ooh. Uh, one is called Void Darts. It's a shooting attack. And uh, a weapon with got the profile strength 5, AP plus assault 12. Deflagrate. And Santic. A weapon with a special rule always wounds the models with a demon unit type on a 2 plus. And NSS Axel invulnerable save by models with the demon unit type against wo- any wounds it inflicts must be re-rolled. So it's a anti-demon psychic power. And they got another one that basically reduces uh, strength and toughness 
of the demon uh, by at least one. So you get a psyker that can kill demons. And if you're a trader, you can take uh, demon from el troop and elite in your own uh, four shot and deploy them. Pelle, you fucking hate demons. Would you take this guy? I don't hate demons. Demons are cool. I was actually thinking about this. Yes, uh, this guy is at least seven, perhaps an eight. Ooh. Facing someone that doesn't have demons, though, like, how good is he? Like, what is he good at? Okay, if you don't face demons, then it's he's rather iffy. Then you are the demon summoner. Yes, but <laughs> if you want demons and to add to demons, he's he. Um, okay, fair point. If you don't face demons and you're not a trader, he's like a two. But if you are a trader and want to feel demons, or you know you're going to meet demons, he's definitely eight or something. Nice. I can totally see this guy in the, perhaps in a, in a fucking nightlord list, you know? they got no parents or supervisors left. They're de all dead. And this guy running around making strings deal with his dreams and whispers in the dark and do something. Nice. Are you giving him an eight, yeah? Yeah, eight and a two. So... Eight slash two. Work it out. Yeah, that's a five <laughs> on average. So Fair enough. Uh, it's, it's kind of a situation. If you don't face demons as a loyalist, there's no really point taking him. No. Fair, fair. So who's next? Chris, I believe it's you again. It's me. Next up on the shop channel, what do we have? It's a Pravian. Do you know how to pronounce it? No. Do you know what it does? Of course you fucking do. So a bit of background. Uh, basically, the Pravian is a tech marine who has been so horribly injured or is unfit for duty that you usually put him with the Mechanicum that has been assigned to any given legion. It's basically considered an ennobled dumping ground for the absolutely most sullen, worst, and angriest of IT technicians. You know the guy who's worked in IT a bit too long and he just hates everyone? He's so tired of years of telling people to reboot computers and get rid of porn from his boss's computers. Now he's here. Uh, the only people who think it's a position of honor are the Iron Hands and Salamanders, and we all know how those guys worked out, right? Not pointing any fingers here, Freddy. So, what does he do? Basically, you can take an entire maniple of either Vorax or Castellax. As we all know, Vorax and Castellax do... <laughs> uh, what you get is, you get a Cortex controller, which, going by the old rules, means that you don't have to babysit your Mechanicum. Because if you haven't played Mechanicum, basically they have a number of preset actions where you choose one of them. With a Cortex controller, you act entirely as a normal unit. Uh, he can also take a Cyber Familiar, which gives you uh, invulnerable save and lets you re-roll any reactions that you take, like initiative tests, toughness tests, stuff like that. Now, the interesting thing here, as to oppose the Mord Factor, is that in the Mord Factor, if you remember, you can only take a single model. Here you can take an entire maniple, uh, which means it can be up to, I believe, it used to be anyway, up to like five or six uh, autonomous. I really like the Pravian. I had one for my Night Lords. I called him the Better Blood. He was basically my only tech marine who got into vicious scraps with some demons, so I rebuilt him with phallic legs and like a bulkier upside and a cyber familiar hanging from his back, and a unit Pravians, uh, Vorax. So basically, uh, to really simplify it, Vorax are the super sneaky, infiltrating, bug-eyed murder bots, and Castellax are the big, beefy linemans uh, with the AP-3 bolter. We don't know exactly what all of these units are going to do in the new Mechanicum book. Check out the next two apps. No promises made. 
But basically, you're choosing from having a really strong line unit advancing up the fields, which is going to be a nightmare fighting close combat, or having some sneaky infiltrating boss with sharp blades coming in from the back. Uh, I would take this guy all day, every day. Uh, the X factor for me, I call it the swimsuit competition because they always have that for some reason after having you know participants talk about <laughs> their dreams for world mm -hmm. peace. And their favorite day of the year. Yeah. Is it fun to convert? Hell yeah. You can take any legion and say that it's a grievously wounded tech marine or like a leader, and then you just kit bash the heck out of it. Give him phallax legs, give him cybernetic augmentations. You can do it. Go wild. Uh, there's no uniformity to people in the Mechanicum anyway. Maybe a red shoulder pad shows a distinction loyalty to Mars. Put in a an auxiliary detachment of loyalists, with some allies from Mars as well. It's really fun. I would take him all day, every day, 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. I like it. That's a solid, solid score for anyone looking to throw some flavor into their into their army. Uh, Pele, back to you, bud. On yes. The next. You got the Legion Delegatus. And uh, this guy was with still, us, still with us in the um, last version. Mm -hmm. And do the same thing here. He is a he gives uh, he got the master of the legion special rule that was supposed to say that may be included armies then of less than one thousand points. So in small armies and you want to write, uh, he's the guy for you. He may not be included in an army or in a detachment. Sorry, that includes a praetor in any kind of praetor, cataphracta or tartarus. And he got this special rule called Rally the Legion. And this is this one is good. Rally the Legion. Once per battle, at the start of any of the controller playing turns, this rule may be activated. And once activated, take a leadership test for this model. If passed, then all friendly units that are pinned or falling back and have at least one model that can draw a line of sight to the model with this special rule, immediately rally and are no longer pinned or falling back and may act normally. So you got one chance to rally your army if you get this guy. And uh, that's a good rule. And he's a good character. Yes, in small armies, Sumatalis, he's the guy for you. And he also is very good for modeling reason because everyone starts with a small army and you need someone to lead it. So this is your future Praetor. If you play it narrative, give him a proper names and upgrade him correctly after every battle. A lot of bionics, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But in a full 3,000 points army list, you're not going to take this guy. Probably. If you don't want to just be very cheap on your HQ versus, <laughs> I guess. Unless you have a secret plan for it, though. Sorry? Unless you have a secret plan for it, though. Yeah, a secret plan. Or well, some kind of a D or uh, short on points. Because I think like, if you have like a massive army with heaps and heaps and heaps of units, and if you can do that Call of the Legion thing, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, they, they builds on the idea that you expect your entire army to break at one point and you can just rally it. I don't know if it's a good plan. Well, I mean, like, if you have a massive amount of points that is tied into, like, infantry or, like, troop unit, leadership heavy units, uh, then it becomes, like, a bit good to use this guy in combination with a librarian, of course. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps. Also, they have this guy now instead of this guy and the Warbringer. Because you used to be able to choose one of the two. Now yeah. this is the only one that remains. 
that's true that's true but uh, like sure you can build a plan around it and but uh, otherwise it's your it's your predator light he can take there are no restrictions here on war gear and stuff so you can uh, kit him whatever you like nice so i will i don't remember if there were some kind of restriction in the last version i don't remember that but maybe it was no you got like you got a free mastercrafted uh, power weapon that's the thing. Yes, I don't know if you do now. He doesn't gather it here. He doesn't get it. Wasn't he allowed to take? Uh, wasn't he was before they changed it over? He could take a Paragon blade, and then no. after that, the champion could take a Paragon blade. And yeah, they changed that around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think he could ever take a Paragon blade. That was like one of the distinctions. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he could either. I don't think so. But anyway, that's old news. Uh, like I said, small army operator, or if you have a kind of nasty plan, like Freddy has, he's the guy for you. So it's like the last guy, it's situational. Perhaps a high number if you really know what you do, or have a small num- a small army, and uh, otherwise it's a low number. He's a prime candidate for Zone Mortalis by the sounds of it. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. And like model-wise, you, you you want to build your Praetor for your bigger armies, but you can't take it in a small armies. And then use your Praetor as a Delegatus in the beginning. If it's Nice. Great point. I was going to say, very much like, like we literally we were just talking with Alex, this yeah. is somewhere you can start building a story. You can write a story. You can write a story and do this background from every battle or kit bash him. Sexy, I like it. Not after every battle, perhaps, but from time to time. Hot tip is to magnetize his weapon then, and then just make sure, like, he starts out with a puny little power mole or some shit, and then yeah. suddenly he has a big fuck off paragon a mega thunder hammer axe. Don't say that. Power mole are actually quite useful. Pretty good. They're really quite good, actually. <laughs> and it's a cool piece of uh, war gear. I want to use power mole on my character. I don't know what to do with it. I get the feeling that if you built this guy up properly, he'd look very anime by the time it's done. Dragging a 12-foot sword blade behind him. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing personal. Teleports behind you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Deep strikes behind you. (laughs) Whispers in the ear, nothing personal. (laughs) And that's that. Um, Speaking of nothing personal, uh, this next one is very personal because, Freddy, who are you about to talk about, buddy? I'm about to talk about the Phoenix Warden. Uh, well, for everyone that listened to the last episode, we, we were talking like roughly about the difference uh, in uh, in the well, well the Maruscara and how you used to take a champion, and now you can actually take a Phoenix Warden or a champion, like a Legion champion, for your cons- mandatory console for running that right of war. And obviously, we wanted to see what's the difference between a champion or and a Phoenix Warden. And here's part two of that thing. We went through the champion and what what was good and bad about the champion. And uh, the Phoenix Warden, well, it's cheaper than the Champion from memory. I think it's only 30 points for the upgrade, and the Champion is, what, 40? Is it? Uh, Anyone that has the memory in their head? Yes. Oh, there we go. You said yes. If I'm wrong, come at me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's you. The difference between, obviously, fluff-wise, this is one of uh, Fulgrim's special homeboys that gets uh, extra pats, pats on the backs and maybe a reach around, you know gets to walk around in the line cloths together with <laughs> the homeboy. Um, but the difference between this one and the other good dude is um, they, they have two special rules. 
which are kind of different compared to other consoles. So this is like a, a different one. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, the Phoenix Pro has the skill unmatch and the living icon rule. And the skill unmatch is that when a combat that involves one model with this special rule is resolved before the start of initiative step 10, the controlling player, which is you, obviously, with, who has the Phoenix Warden, gets to choose basically one of three fighting stances. Uh, if you remember that from back in the day, you, you had certain uh, models in the old edition that could do fighting stances. Usually you had like, I know Conrad can do it, and I, I know Corax can do it, and also now the Phoenix Warden can do it. And those three stances are the perfect guard, and the perfect guard is that you increase... Uh, if a model with the skill or match special rule select this option, they must increase their weapon skill by plus one uh, to determine your two-hit rolls, but you reduce your at uh, attack characteristic by minus one. So obviously, like, you, you become... You hit better, but you have less attacks. More focused is a good way. More focused. Well, yeah, they're Empress children. They're always focused, Jody. Uh -huh. Not like Iron Warriors. Um... Perfect Strike is the second one, which is ba basically the opposite of, of, of the Perfect Guard. Perfect Strike, you, what happened is uh, you increase your weapon skill by plus one. No, 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 actually, you increase your... Yeah, oh, fuck. You decrease the opponent's attack characteristics by, by, by minus one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you have the Perfect Fury, which is the one I was... Want to talk about, which is uh, the opposite. You reduce your weapon skill by minus one, and you uh, increase your attacks by plus one. So this this is kind of um, it's very situational. Uh, you have to remember that it's still just a console. So what could happen is that basically you will have the same weapon skill as a pra praetor, roughly, uh, depending on what praetor is. And, and then uh, you will have less attacks. But obviously, if you're going in for that instant kill, you, you would equip this guy with, with some sort of fucking instant death thing. But the problem is you gain a Phoenix pattern power weapon of any kind and an Aeron Halo at no additional cost. And the Phoenix weapons... Okay, you have a murderous strike on 6+. plus, But... I think I would forgo that and give him some sort of instant kill stuff, like a power fist or a, a thunder hammer or something. Can I give like a quick idea of what I did with mine? Yep. If you give him a phoenix spear, you get like extended reach, and if you're in a challenge, you get another bonus. So now you're rocking like initiative seven or eight. So you could go in with like the spear and just use your sheer amount of attacks or decreasing the other guy's weapon skill and just assume that you're always going to kill them before they step up. And then you get a bonus towards combat resolution as well. Wow. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I think the problem is you need to be in a challenge and then you can only kill one so you wouldn't get that yeah. many bonus uh, scores on the combat resolution. And the other thing is that you would probably be... It is pretty tough. To kill, kill a, a Praetor with all these attacks. Unless you get lucky, obviously. I guess on Murder Strike and stuff. But mm. Like a Phoenix Power Spear, I've, after playing a few rounds, I realized that uh, the reach stuff is fucking good. Because how, how annoying is it not to be engaged? 
Because <laughs> you're not in base contact. Uh, so the power spirit definitely has its, has its uses. But I don't know. It, it, it's, it's very fucking situational. And I think that the idea about him being kind of like a, a champion, which champion already has one extra weapon skill, uh, and he can have a paragon blade, which is probably a bit better at actually taking out a Praetor if you get the chance, but I don't know, like it's it's because of all those extra options you get when you do a challenge as an Empress Yulin. But I, I don't know, like it's a super fluffing cool guy and the living icon, I shouldn't forget the living icon rule as well, because that one is that any friendly uh, model within six of a model with this rule gets plus one to the combat resolution. So it's kind of like a an extra fucking um, Vexilla, which is kind of nice. So yep. yeah, I'm, again, super maybe maybe a little situational, but really he's he's sort of stacked to do one job. Yeah, and he's stacked to do it well. Yeah, but I th I think that actually this this guy is way more like you want to go into a challenge, but I think this guy is way better at fucking uh, nailing uh, normal marines. Yeah. Like he, he would be pretty fucking good at either if if he just adds that extra attack, mm -hmm. depending on how how what weapon skill he's up against, um, or he just add on that that he gets one um, extra weapon skill. But but that doesn't really matter if he hits normal marines or if he's challenging against a sergeant or whatever. The point is that stupid power fist always comes and kills you. <laughs> I don't really know. What do you think? I give, I give it like, I think it's, I think the champion unfortunately wins out on this guy. I mean, from what you said, personally, if you've got a mission or you've got something in mind for him, like a particular target or something or a way of playing, he's great. If, if not, if he's general, you know, if it's just a general army composition, champion sounds better from my yeah. point of view. Well, I think that this guy, this guy is the, like he is way more efficient at killing sergeants and winning and adding bonuses to the combat resolution. Like he, he is a go-to dude in like a normal like veteran squad or whatever. I think especially with the reach, so you don't have to worry about you know not just killing with all your extra attacks, just the guys in base contact. You can actually knock off do the old school way of killing lots of marines. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's pretty good, uh, but it's a lot of points though. Mm -hmm. But if you think about like a, a Vexilla, so you still get plus. Like basically, every time he gets into combat, he has technically already killed one the one guy, which is kind of good. And that, together with the Vexilla, which we know is also Pella, is kind of annoying because it makes you stay around longer because you keep even if you don't kill that fucking contemplator, you still get a point. For the combat resolution, um, so that's pretty good. Nice. So I think I don't know. Like he, he's definitely not like he, he can kill other consoles maybe, but he's not a massive fucking. He, he's not taking on Praetors like a champion. So like a seven, seven, seven. I was gonna say, what's your one to ten on this one? You give him a seven, okay? You you do know that just being around, he gives a plus one to combat resolution as well, right? Yeah, that, that's what he said. Oh yeah, sorry. That's the living icon. Yeah, so I said, like I said, okay, he's automatically already killed one marine, sort of thing, like in the combat, because he gets a plus one to the combat resolution. Mm -hmm. So he he needs to be like in a squad with a with a vex. That's good because he's already up two. Uh, 
but he's not really like he's not taking on Praetors. I I can't see him really taking on Praetors. Yeah. Like the champion. Champion can take on a Praetor. Yeah. Well, fair call. Fair call indeed. Um next up on the uh, the shopping spree that is consoles is it's me actually. And we're gonna talk about the uh Legionis Consularis Stormseer for the White Scars. Now, I've gotta be honest, I've said this before. I'm not, I've never really been a huge fan of the White Scars. However, I really like this particular console because, again, it's of the same flavor as the, um, as the Space Wolves. You know, it gives them, it gives the, um, it gives the White Scars their difference, something that, that makes them stand out and feel far more thematic. Um, as a force, because again, these are, in their own words, they do not um, use the warp to cast. So, like the caster of runes for the space wolves, these guys um, are not warp casters. They are tapping into. I've always taken it as something like very nature based, like the natural world a little more. Um, and I think it's it's really well described in a couple of the Black Library books. But he's a plus 45 points uh, console, if you want to take him. He has um, the Psyker subtype and can select from Storm's Fury, which I'll go through in a moment, which is the White Scar's own discipline, Divination, Telepathy, or Thaumaturgy. But he can't select from any others. Pretty straightforward. He also gains Adamantium Will 4+. And as, uh, uh, as we talked about before, um, you know, he can replace his power weapon um, or bolt pistol or combi bolter with a force weapon, no additional cost. And as Eric pointed out in the last episode, something that's very hard to come by is a psychic hood, which you can get as a 15 point upgrade. So he's not left behind in any way, shape or form um, from, you know, as previous other options, I should say. and. Yeah, he's got his own psychic discipline, which I genuinely really like. It reminds me a lot of the, um, again, the sort of the Space Wolves one, the Caster of the Runes. Both are very thematic to the, the Legion themselves. But this guy has got, um, what is it? The Unseen Bolt, which is kind of cool. It's a 72-inch range, so big range. Strength 4, AP 4. Okay, maybe not going to nothing to write home about, but it's a heavy one, large blast, barrage, shock pulse, and it's a force weapon, a force hit. So this thing can really mess up certain armies, which they are known to known to face, uh, especially if you've listened to uh, Warhawk, for example, uh, later on in the Black Library books. Uh, you know, a lot of the demonic -y weird stuff that goes on. Um, this is awesome. Uh, so it describes the force rule, which quickly to go through a psychic with a weapon or ability with that special rule can choose to make a psychic check before making any attacks with that weapon or resolving the ability. If the check is successful, the strength value of any attack made is doubled. If the check is failed, then the perils of the warp attack is resolved. Targeting the unit contained uh, contained the model that failed its check. If the Psyker survives the Peril Warp, um, then it may attack as normal. 
So you go suddenly going from um, a 72 inch range strength four template to a 72 inch strength eight template, which will mess a lot of things up. You you know under a five inch template, you you're clipping some heads there. When it can't, you know, even if you're just going after a tactical squad, um, that's pretty nasty. Uh, and then we've got the last one, which is the Call of the Wind, uh, where he calls upon his shamanic. That was it. That was the word I was looking for. Not nature, shamanic. Same thing, really. So instead of moving in the movement phase, a psychic with this psychic power may grant fleet two to all friendly units with at least one model within six inches of the psychic. Uh, this special will last in the beginning of the control's next phase. When using this power, the controlling player may choose to have the psyker and make a psychic check. If it's passed, the effect is granted to, to improve to fleet four. If it's failed, then just like um, a perils of the, you know, the uh, weaker form, the power is applied to the target unit and the psyker suffers a peril of the warp. Um, I really like this. Um, I cannot see anything that prevents you from putting him on a bike or giving him a jetpack, but that doesn't mean that he's not affected by existing console rules. So um, if that's not available, then I'm guessing it's not available for him. But again, Chris, talking about your whole, um, you know, swimsuit conversation competition piece, this is something you could really go nuts on and really, you know, fancy up for an army. There's so many different options. Like there's those old school librarians who have the horns on them, like the ram's yep. horns. You could use, uh, like, you could even use the old uh, dark vengeance librarian. You just have to shave off some dark engines uh, iconography, iconography on him because I've made a biker conversion with him. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're actually right. There are no limitations. So you can take take a he can take a jet bike, he can take a bike, or he can even take like a jump pack. Which is absolutely perfect, as we oh, know. Yeah. It should be mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it should I would, be actually. Honestly, unless you're doing an entire foot slocking army of white scars, which raises the old question, the old eyebrow, this dude should really be on a bike or something because it would look awesome. And I'm going to say personally, this is one model I would quite happy without a helmet on because I think he should be hooting and hollering and yelling and sort of whipping people up into a bit of a frenzy, like you know, some sort of crazy maga shaman or something. Buffalo head conversion. I, I gotta ask though, guys. Like, quick show of hands. Do any of you buy that shit about this not being the warp? It's totally the warp, right? Uh, yeah. It's not the warp. No, not not the white scar of the space wolves. They don't. Do oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the hypocrisy is kind of rich there, in for me. I mean, yes, but <laughs> but uh, as a rating, um, again, like the he's not. I wouldn't say he's as. Um, I'd give him a solid eight, potentially a nine, with the right setup. I mean, could you imagine him being on a jet bike with a couple of jet bike unit around him in close combat or in close formation, and then getting off that fleet four? That would be that would be a very quick cross the cross the uh, table unit, very quick. Spears will shatter. Yeah, bones will die. Ride, draw, hear him ride. Basically, what you just said. Yeah. So definitely an eight, potentially a nine with the right uh, with the right army setup. So who be next? Who be next on the shopping channel? Who be next? Be Pele. It's me. And here's a cool guy. We herald some new change. Yes. 
here's a guy who's um, of course centurion. He also has fear and are fearless. Um, I don't know the rules now exactly in my head. If one guy in the unit are fearless, then it, uh, the rest of the unit will be fearless as well. I think so. Yeah. That is correct. Yes. What this guy is, he's basically the banner bearer of the army. You have to think like Warhammer Fantasy Battle, uh, Battle Standard Bear. Oh boy, can I ever. <laughs> and what did this guy actually has to fear, one, and fearless. And he must exchange his bolt pistol, bolter, comma, bolter for a legion standard at no additional point cost. Because that's something that causes fear, apparently. There is no thing that rally the legion or give uh, bonuses to morale checks. Uh, he causes fear. I can see tons of things to do with this guy. I'm definitely going to take him uh, in my Night Lord's army. It's very thematic. He's not going to be running around with a flag, but some kind of weird dead uh, body collection on a big stick or something. Uh, causing fear. And fear is very potent in, in this version. Both because what it does and uh, the fact that the leadership has been uh, nerfed. Leadership stats okay. have been nerfed generally. Like I learned when I played Freddy last week. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, this big uh, bubble guy that causes fear. And uh, if you take playing with Night Lord, which I'm going to do, um, you take unit that causes fear. And this add on to this, if I remember the fear rule correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. it adds up. Yes. Uh, for example, if you uh, have curse in your army, you got fear three. You add this guy to the unit, you got a unit cost fear four. The average spaceman sergeant got leadership eight. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, so you just snipe out a sergeant with like uh, a vigilator, and then you have curse in, and then a guy has to roll over three on two dice. Under three on two dice, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's boned. <laughs> That's not yeah. funny. Uh, and uh, besides that, you follow all the uh, rules for uh, Centurion, considering um, war gear and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but he must uh, exchange his bolt pistol, so he can't shoot. I presume. Oh, well. I got a question. Cares. Quick question, Pele. The old the old rules they used to have. So is he just fear causing now, and there's nothing traitor specific or legion specific? Oh, sorry, traitor or loyalist. No, exactly. No, no, it's not legion specific or traitor. Uh, it's uh, same for uh, both traitor and loyalist. Nice, because I could never remember those rules. I could never remember them. So I'm actually happy. <laughs> one was black shield specific. One was yeah. legion, uh, loyalist specific. And one was traitor specific. But now it's yeah, just... it used to be three of them, Jody. <laughs> see, see, I couldn't remember it. God damn it. <laughs> um. Fluffwise behind that, I, I don't know. Does uh, you have to really do something potent with your um, legion standard? No space marine will run for a standard just like that. So I guess you have to do some kind of crucifixion or a pile of bodies or whatever. Well, I mean, there are lots of legion standards. The Empress' children, of course, have one. It's a tremendous point of honor to you know. 
I guess, yeah. oil up the Primark and carry the Heedy standard into battle. Yeah, of and, course. Uh, uh, of course that. But does an Imperial Fist run away when he sees it? Uh, well, yeah. Out of shame, because he's not as fabulous. Mm, I don't know. But uh, it's a cool model, a cool character. It's uh, models-wise, you have tons of options to do this. So uh, I'm looking forward to build this guy. It's going to be awesome. Ah. And I'm going to put it in my night, fear-causing night uh, lord list. God, I've been talking with um, uh, Frederick Shostad, who's also doing um, night lords. And it's giving me, God, it's giving me genuine nightmares about this combination <laughs> of the stacking fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but hide in your tank. Still only one... Um... Have a support choice and no super heavies. If you run the terror assault, nice. Oh yeah, that's a, yeah. Okay, but that's another episode. We can go down that one. That's a cool guy. Yeah, that's a very cool guy. Okay, who's? I think it's you again, isn't it, bud? It's me again. It's you again. Oh, you got oh, the oh, Mister. This, this is not the Rangan heresy. This is the Pella heresy. I don't oh yeah, heresy yeah. all the way. Uh, here's another cool guy, by the way. Yeah, stock standard Centurion, but he gets the heavy uh, subtype. Okay. So he's infantry heavy, I presume. And he may not take uh, jump packs or uh, combat bike or jet bike, may, which makes sense. And he also gets the Ogre Scanner and Cognizant for no ad- additional point cost. The scanner... Uh, you know what the scanner does. Everyone does know this. Know that now. And the Cognis adds uh, one ballistic skill to him and uh, the rest of the unit. Oh, fancy! And for uh, and he may also pick one of these following upgrade. These are so the heavy bolter, volkite culverin, last cannon, plasma cannon, multi melter, auto cannon, or heavy flamer. All of them mastercrafted. Yeah. Oh, missile launcher. Missile launcher. Yeah. All of them uh, mastercrafted. Unless it's a heavy flame and then it's twin linked. So this is your stock standard boost for your heavy support squad. He is Mr. Heavy Support. Yes. Uh, You put him in a heavy support unit and he gives that unit uh, plus one to the ballistic skill and uh, ignores uh, knife fight and stuff. And himself got a master crafted heavy weapon. Does not have to be the same type if you as the rest of the unit. So he can have a different heavy weapon compared to like the unit he's in. Yes. It doesn't say anything. He can walk around by himself. Don't have to add him. Does he give the unit split fire? No. Unless there is a rule for cognizing them. Who does that? I don't think so. Uh, where's my rule book? No, it's in there. So, I don't think so either. That, that, that's a bummer though, because if you have like an anti-tank unit, you wouldn't really want to have like anti-infantry weapons on him. Or if if right. it's the if if it's the other way around, then it becomes like you have one weapon that's good at one target, and then yeah, the them a model with cognizant against the night vision special rule. In addition. The model will accordingly in making a shooting attack in the shooting phase. All other models in the same unit gives a bonus to plus one to the ballistic skill. 
it's not cumulative, so you can't take two Kongles in one unit. So we're Night Vision and uh, plus one three ballistic skill. Yeah, it's good as well. So this guy stands for you have a weapon, dudes in the back, and that's all the fucking insert. Like, I, I don't know how you would kit this out, Chris, but uh, I would fucking give him a missile launcher. Fred Crack and Flack. I'm a sucker for missile launcher. I mean, I have some sun killers for my Empress children. If you really want to be an unpleasant fellow, deeply unpleasant, uh, take the sun killers, who are hella good, surprisingly, and then you can put an armistice in them. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to lose a bunch of friends, but it might be worth it. But mm-hmm. yeah, the missile launcher is really ubiquitous. You can use it for so much. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, uh, and you put, like, a, like because he will become, like, the prime fucking intercept unit ever. Oh, yeah. Also, you can get some people get like haywire missiles for him, and the Death Guard can get rad missiles for him. Yeah. Which is awesome. I'm shattering my inner Eric here. Mm-hmm. The, the, the only problem is going to be like dealing with Terminators, then, I guess, but fuck it. Yeah, well, get somebody else to deal with the Terminators. <laughs> yeah, and you add uh, five points to take a Lost Cannon, Mastercrafted. Oh, that'll do it. That's pretty good. Lost Cannon are better now. See that that's that's really funny because that that guy basically gives half the benefits that the Iron Havocs used to have because they used to have plus one plus one ballistic skill and then minus one cover save I think it was I can't remember exactly what it was but um, yeah eh, it's it's still good. yeah Lost Cannon has Sunder now so if you have uh, still a heavy one heavy one though mm. but you hit on two plus with a reroll no reroll sorry two plus. Of course, a reroll. It's a Mosscraft of And Sunder on that. It will kill Terminator. It will. It will. Chris, you're up next. Let's start bringing this home, bud. What have you got? Chaplin. I feel like that's all I really need to say. The Chaplin's been around since Watch 3rd Edition. He was on the cover of Angels of Death for Pete's sake. So, like, Eric said this guy's shit, but I don't agree. No, I'm kidding. Eric said this guy is great in this. In a game where leaderships are super important and pinning is like the bane of most assault heavy enemies, you get fearless and hatred. Hatred is re-rolling odds for him and his units in the first round of combat. And fearless is, I mean, it is what it is. No, you're not fearless. You get stubborn and hatred. My apologies for that. Stubborn is important. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's very important. So no modifiers. And also he gets leadership 10. So, like, you have leadership 10 on a guy in an assault unit, and it can't be modified. I'm going to make one for a challenge. I'm going to put in a unit of my 15 assault minions for Emperor Children. I'm going to ma- just ignore being pinned. I mean, it's not much else to say. He has a mastercrafted uh, Crosis Arcanum. Shoot whatever power weapon you want. As we learned from the Pearl Calf Box. And suddenly, you've never seen Chris roll that many double sixes before in his entire <laughs> life. <laughs> I'm not you, but yeah, probably. Whenever I say I have a perfect plan, it usually tends to fuck up, as it does for everyone. Uh, I mean, swimsuit section. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like convert the shit out of him. What do you need? You need like a skull-faced helm, and you possibly need like some black paint. What's the, what's the gear he gets nowadays? Does he still gets that four plus uh, fucking armor save? No, I just told you what it was. Yeah, Allegiant Chaplain with a power weapon. Mastercrafted crosshair cannon. That's it, mate. That's fucking it. You don't get a Rosarius anymore. This is this is interesting. A Legion Chaplain with a power weapon may grant that weapon the Mastercraft special rule for no additional point cost. Yeah, I ignore that because why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Why may you? Why wouldn't you? 
As an Empress Children player, you don't need any advantages because you're going to win just by pure perfection. Well, actually, if you want to be stringent about it, it's it there because it used to be you had to take a power weapon and mass crafted. With this phrasing, you don't have to take a Crozier or Arcanum anymore. Symbolizing that you lost it in a grievous fighting against one free, or maybe your your bike went too fast and you dropped it, you're too embarrassed to bring it up. Like, you don't want to question the moral fiber of a chaplain. Hey, where is your Croesus Arcanum? Oh, I don't know. This guy's a traitor. Shoot him. <laughs> yes, Lord Chaplain. Probably that. I'm going to make one for my Blood Angels. Same as you. Everybody should have a chaplain. Assault squad, 15 dudes, an apothecary, and a chaplain. Here we go. Shoo. If you don't think a chaplain is useful, you either need to see and read Father Brown, or you need to watch MASH. <laughs> And now that's all I got to say about that. The next one is, I have I have great difficulties not thinking of this guy as like a shittier version of Vigilator because he costs pretty much the same. But this is your new Scout Centurion. Uh, he has Scout, Infrared, Move, Recover, Pathfinder, Special Role, and he gets Movement 8 and Skirmish subtype. Now you're going to ask me, what does Skirmish mean? And basically that's something that the units who fight in a non-cohesive order use. Thank you, Websters. But also, it means you don't have to follow standard appointment doctrine of how far you have between your models. You spread out a bit more. So here's the thing. You have to change your artificer. artificer artificer. Jody, you're the English dude. Uh, artificer. Damn, it sounds sexy when you say it. Artificer for scout armor. I feel like I'm in Dawn of War 2 for no additional cost. I'm a fire starter. <laughs> and again, a mastercrafted Astartes shotgun. Yes, say like in Rome too. So basically, you're running around in a t-shirt with a shotgun. You can't have a bike, you can't have a jet bike, and you can't have a jump pack. You can run fast. Yeah. I mean... I don't really see the point with this guy. Two out of ten would not bang. Sorry. When, when do you need this? Well, I mean, hypothetically, if you put him in a unit of scouts, who are now like pretty good because outflanking is incredibly potent. I know from my own experience in running Maruscara. Uh, if you really need to get through a terrain dense area and get like a couple of recon guys into cover to make sure there's a, enough target saturation to make yourself threat. If you need to sneak in and take something from someone else who just has like maybe half a tactical squad holding on to the objective, I'd use them. Uh, will you have fun converting him? Yeah, sure. I can tell you from experience that if you buy the Space Marine Scout box, you get enough bits to build a sergeant in there. You get this one guy who has like the head and the arms. Uh, if you want to be like super stringent about the historical uh, accuracy, don't use the heads who have like the Cyclops Vizier. Like, what do you call it? A visir? Visor? You mean <laughs> the glasses? You mean the you mean the eighties fucking uh, sunglasses? Yes. Yeah. Don't use the eighties sunglasses because, as was pointed out to me when I played Battle Wars, you can't use those in Heresy because apparently that was a great scouring and the beast invention to find orc spores. <laughs> We're down to rivet counting here, but don't <laughs> use the eighties glasses. Yeah, we are. I was like, dude, <laughs> it's all about the accuracy, Jody. That's the wrong shade of Wehrmacht Desert Panzers. <laughs> God dang it, get out. Uh, yeah, no, I just found that hilarious. You're not putting enough rivets on your stuff. that you t We talked about rivets earlier. Yeah. So. No, like, you gain a Mastercraft that started shotgun. 
and like but you have to give him yeah. other you can still give him that uh, sniper bolt yeah you can give him other stuff but it's just like you get rid of tips around what's the point with him you can put it in a scout unit give him yeah. that um yeah, sniper bolter but that's heavy yeah what you could do is that you put him in a unit that doesn't natively have infiltrate but the infiltrate doesn't um this this guy is awesome in summertime yeah I mean, he could be like the, the... What's the name of the Native American dude in Predator? Which one, Billy? Is that the guy? The guy who's like, there's something out there following us and ain't no man. That's Billy, yeah. Yeah, you, this could be your Billy. Even take like the big Bowie knife from the scout box. He's the guy leading your crack team of specialists in Summer Talis through like the industrial jungle. I'm sorry, my dude. I've got a much better reference. He's your Sly Marlboro. Yeah, I guess that is the best one, so I'm going to shit on you. No, this is your solid <laughs> snake. Oh, okay. Okay, you win. <laughs> Not arguing that one. David, I have way too many references about solid snake. Spreading out and movement and getting fast and asymmetrical fucking deployment in Somatrail is, is the shit. Two out of ten. Sorry. Two out of ten, I'll bump it up to five out of ten in Somatrailis. Because even in Son Mortalis, if you move through a tunnel sooner or later, you're going to come out into like an open area. Yeah, that's true. Denny is like a, a toughness four, movement eight, four plus two wound character, just looking dumb. This is the kind of target that snipers dream of finding. <laughs> but I guess he has, he could just move for cover, but cover isn't really good anymore. Tell you what, what's, what's your score on him? Two out of ten. Two out of ten. Fair enough. Freddy. Five out of ten in Son Mortalis. Speaking of Son Mortalis, because it's more of a delivery system for for another unit. Like he, he's not running around doing shit by himself, though. What you're saying is he's the lube, right? Okay, let's move on. Uh, Freddy, Freddy, yeah. we, we, you and I have one more each, and then we're wrapping this up. So go on. No, I hate you. I started to paint. All right. Shocking, shocking. So do you want me to jump in? Because I can if you want. I'm doing. I'm doing because you you wouldn't. Touch this with a fucking ten feet pole. No, I wouldn't. For very good reasons that are about to come extremely apparent. All right, so we have the Imperial Fist, the 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 Chicken Boys, uh, the Legion Consularis Castellan. Ba ba ba, and it costs 20, 20 points extra. Which you think first is that's down. Uh, if you rank it on the list of how many points you usually pay for an upgrade, twenty points is on the lower end. And what do you get for this lower end thing? Well, you get uh, basically two. Uh, well, you get the fire support. You have a unit subtype. Doesn't really matter. It's just, but the special rule you get is fire support. And that is when making an attack with a heavy weapon, a Castellan may increase the number of attacks made with that weapon by plus one when making a shooting attack. For example, a Castellan making a shooting attack with a heavy three weapon would roll an additional dice for its attack, rolling four dice. In addition, any Legion heavy support squad in the same discussion as Castellan gained the line subtype. So there we go. So you can make uh, heavy support score, heavy support uh, units troops, as in the old days, as in line subtype. In scoring, scoring troop. So you can sit on an objective in, in the backfield and shoot stuff. Uh, but the thing is, it is kind of similar to the one you talked about, but you can only pick. Uh, you can only pick out of these three heavy weapons. Uh, a Mastercrafted Heavy Bolter. <laughs> yay. For free. Heavy Flamer. And a Mastercrafted Auto Cannon for five points. 
or an uh, assault cannon for 10 points. Uh, obviously, just like the other heavy support dude, you can't sit in uh, a fucking... You can't have jump packs, you can't sit in bikes and all that shit. You can't walk around with a boarding shield, combat web, uh, combat shield, or any kind of uh, weapon that has uh, two-handed special rules, or uh, solarite, power gauntlet, lightning claws and shit. It's kind of hard to have, like, a power fist, which is, would actually look fucking cool, though. I guess Empress Children could, somehow, somewhere. They should be able to wield, like, a heavy bolter with... A power fist that would be cool <laughs> uh, but that's all so you get like it, it's a super expensive ps5 shooty dude that wow you can shoot like an extra die for your heavy bolter but you give your unit line but you give you give, give it line so you, you're not really just like the other dude we just talked about the pathfinder mr commando the Lone Ranger and so on. This dude is is not here to do shit by himself, <laughs> sort of like the fucking Phoenix Warden. He is there to bump shit up for for the rest of you. And it's kind of force multiplier. Mm-hmm. So if you have, uh, if you're like a massive defensive type of player and you like to have solid stuff on your objectives and you wanna you you want to have like scoring units and then have other units that actually do the movement, this is awesome because that means you can score with your heavy support heavy support units. So you need to build your army. This is kind of forcing you to build your army around this guy. Him in, in himself isn't that fucking spectacular. If he had like a, a fucking two shooting last cannon, that would be awesome, but he can't have it. Uh, any unit he joins get, get the line rule. Yeah. What's that? Any units. You could take a support squad with some plasma or melta. In addition, any legion heavy support squad in the same detachment. Heavy support. Okay, I'll fuck that then. Yeah. So no. So he doesn't have to use, join the unit or any, any stuff like that. He, is, he makes them line. Hope. Which is good. So it's kind of, he, he, you build your army around this guy. Or at least the unit. No, I, well, it doesn't really matter what this like. He, he he's he's gonna stand there. I don't know if you would even waste, um, giving him like expensive weapons or whatever. Maybe the auto cannon. I don't know. But he's he's basically is there to make your heavy support squads uh, line. Yeah, give you give you some to sit back on an objective and yeah. and shoot stuff away from it. I guess it'd be pretty cool to shoot like five dice with your little. Uh, assault cannon. I was gonna say, could be a decent, decent unit with a um, with a, like you're saying, um, what do you call it, rotor cannons to get pinning whilst holding an objective. Nice little combo. A rotor cannon uh, have a choice, isn't that support squad choice? I don't know. Uh, it's, it, uh, it's support squad, rotor cannons. Damn it. I don't know. Like, it's it's like you, you build your army around it. Like, if you have a plan for it, he's probably like up there, seven, eight. Uh, just for himself as a character, he's pretty shit. He's like a, I don't know, four. But he's a force multiplier. Nice. So out of ten? I did that, mate. Oh, well, then. Fucking drunk. <laughs> yep, no, I'm obviously distracted by, by, the, or by the disgust that I have for them. But okay, you've given the score. I assume it was at least a two, maybe a one. But um, fair enough. Oh, my God, it's getting late. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just being an ass towards the Imperial Fists. I don't care. Um, no, seriously, though, it, it does sound like an interesting character to have, though, like you say, something to build around. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. 
let me let me wrap us up so that we can get to the wrap up because I can already feel the editors sinking laser bolts into me with their eyes. Um, the last one we have here is for the word bearers, and this is the Diabolist. Um, this one is something we had in the last edition as well. Rector Monday. Yeah. Uh, he is a plus 25 points. And what do you get for that 25 points? Well, you uh, get the standard everything from a Legion Centurion. Um, he gains special rules. He gains uh, the rule Corrupted and Psyker Unit Subtitle title and gains the Diablo uh, Diabloism Diablo oh, Diabolism, thank you Jody use the right words Diabolism uh, discipline um, he can exchange his power weapon for a force weapon at no additional cost, I mean why wouldn't you at the end of the day because that's pretty awesome um, I'm going to see if I can find the Diabolism special rules because I don't have them here on what I'm looking at but memory serves. Um, it's a it's a specific um, psychic power. Am I correct? Psychic psychic setup. Let me check. Uh, psychic discipline, diabolism, something yep. like that. The psychic with this discipline gains gains the listed power below. Uh, uh, dark and terrible power, psychic power. Uh, when a charge is declared for a model with this power or for a unit that includes a model with this power, the controller player may choose to make a psychic check for the blah blah blah. Uh, model before any dice are rolled to determine the charge decision for that charge. If the psychic check is successful, then the model with this power gains the Hammer Rat 3 special rule and increases both the strength and toughness characteristic by plus one. For the duration of that assault phase. If the check is failed, then a mother suffers peril of the warp, and ones that have been resolved gains one plus one to his strength and toughness characteristic. So basically, if you pass, you get hammer of rat and increase your strength and toughness by one. If you fail, you get perils of the warp, and you still get one plus one strength and toughness. To the entire unit, if I read this correctly. Awesome. That's really good. Uh, or for a unit that includes a model with its power. Huh? Okay. Or you can shoot a Hellfire. That's a template. Strength 7, AP4, Assault 1, Rending Set 6, Deflagrate, Psychic Focus. And Psychic Focus, before making any to hit rolls with this weapon, it's a template. Uh, the psychic must make a psychic check. If the check is passed, the psychic, the psychic may attack as normal using the profile shown for this weapon. If the check is failed, the psychic suffers purse of the warp. And if the model is not removed as a casualty, then it may attack as normal, but, but not use this weapon. Okay, so it's a psychic check to fire for it. Okay, it's. Strength 7, AP4, Rending. And Rending is more potent in this version than before. Rending 6+. plus. Uh, it's okay, I guess. I mean, it's, it's situational. It's a specific power, so it will do it. Yeah. Uh, this charging power, uh, charge power you use when you charge mm. is way better. So you have to put it in a unit and you add uh, plus 1 strength and toughness. That's awesome. Just add that on to your Galvor bags and go bananas. 
Yeah. I was about to say that, that screams Gallop all back if ever I've heard of it. Because that's, that's, you know, that's somebody who you would very much want to tank up as hard as possible. Harder. Tank them up harder. It also gets the etheric lighting psychic power psychic weapon. Oh. Lightning psychic weapon. It's kind of bolt, I guess. Say page 322 in the rule book, and it's not where I am right now. So. So. so I'm trying to get there. If I can get there fast enough, I will have a look at it. Here we are. Um, was that Hellfire? Yes. No, no, something with lightning. Oh, okay. Well, we're doing really well here, so we're not going to go into <laughs> that. But you'll be able to find the rules. You'll be able to find what it is. Um, but it's there. Honestly, again, like any specific, any Legion-specific Psyker, um, if used right, fits well with the Force. Um, definite an 8 or a 9, because you can do some really disgusting stuff with this, especially if you can, um, you know, stack on other um, units, Force-multiplying stuff. Like Freddie said, Galvor back are an absolute immediate target for something like this. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. I give him, I give him a solid eight, maybe eight point five if I was a word bearer player and cared enough. But I'm sorry, I'm not. So that is uh, our review of all the consoles. If we've missed some, we're sorry, but by all means, let us know, and we will cover them again in the future. Now, as everybody should know, we've been doing, uh, or we are doing currently, a challenge for the podcast hosts to create. Um, a character, Praetor or slash character, out of the uh, one of the Praetor models from the new Age of Darkness box. What we're going to do as well is for a little bit of extra fun, uh, and also because Eric uh, missed the chance to jump in on that one, is we're going to do another modeling challenge. And we're going to pick one of our favorite um, consoles, and we're going to make that one up and paint it up and then we will post it on our facebook page and in our facebook group where you'll be able to vote on whose is the most awesome obviously i'd like to think that will be mine but most likely it probably won't get finished um so eric got out of the gate first and chose uh, chose a moritat freddie who are you cho- choosing i am doing a legion champion are you going for any specific legion or are you just going to say legion champion and then and come up with something Night Lords. Night Lords, very sexy. Uh, Pele, what are you going for, bud? A Herald. Night, Night Lords as well? Of course. Of course. I never like to assume, because, you know, might be something secret huh. going on there. Chris, no. what are you going to go for, buddy? I am going to go for, go for Chaplain for Empress Children. Chaplain, very sexy indeed. But you said you wanted a Pathfinder. <laughs> Stop staring the shit. I here. <laughs> will take these dice I have here, Pella, and I will melt them. You melt them. Okay, you do that. Good for you. <laughs> and I am going to continue with the theme because obviously, well, I am doing the um, uh, wolves. I am going to do myself, oh, I'm going to do for myself a speaker of the dead because after last episode, I am very much sold on a speaker of the dead plus 20 grey hunters or grey stalkers screaming across the battlefield so um yeah that's what i'm going for so we will slam these together who knows maybe we'll get henry on board if he wants to jump on as well we'll ask him see what he wants to do but we will get these done 
When do we say we're going to get these done by, gents? Scandus. Scandus. Scandus, again? Because it's not like we don't have anything else to paint for Scandus at all. Uh, no? No? Uh, okay. Scandus is in. I feel like my consent was not asked for this. You guys just made this up while I wasn't watching. Yes. Yeah. That's how we work here. Ta-da! Welcome to the TVH. <laughs> Surprise! Freddy, would this, would this make our friends dog cunts or top cunts? I keep mistaking them. <laughs> we could just go with cunts if that's really the language you want to use. Just go for it, direct. Let's yeah, talk. no, I think so. I think so. That's what I'm going for. Let's go for that, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Right, okay, well, we will be doing that. And, um, yeah, this is going to be a whole lot of fun because it's going to be another challenge. Um, so to wrap stuff up, big shout out once again to Alex for coming on. Um, obviously to my co-hosts, Pele, Chris, Freddie, and don't forget you can find us on many different places. And if you like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon. Um, it's only a couple of bucks a month. It helps towards keeping the lights on and helping us do other fun stuff here for the podcast. And for every month that you're actually, you are a Patreon, you get an entry into our end of year raffle which will be filled with prizes such as uh, Age of Darkness box, different units, hopefully a couple of tanks. So lots of opportunities to win stuff. Uh, so that's very cool. And yes, once again, big shout out to our editors. Apologies for the long episode, ladies, but um, hopefully you won't kill us because this is good. Good-ish content? It's very good. It's very, it is very good, but I'm, I'm just hedging my bets. Less, less bad. Less, ba- less bad than normal. Yes, that's <laughs> the one I want to go for. Less bad than normal. Perfect. That's Emperor's children thinking. <laughs> hey, Emperor's children thinking is any holes a goal, and we don't want to go there. But yes, this has been episode 110 of the Varangian Heresy podcast, um, and it's going to be a good night from me. And me. And a good night from me. And me. And remember, guys, treat life like 30k. Be angry in the streets, be fulgrim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Varangian Heresy Podcast, signing off. Terracotta pie. Is that a perfect way of holding you, baby? Vicinity of obscenity in your eyes. Terracotta pie.